Come on, look at the person next to you. Say, I like your outfit today. You look good. If they're wearing a jacket, come on, tell them, I like that jacket. You can even ask them, hey, after church, well, can you tell me where you got that from? I need to, I need to get that. Hey, we're excited. A couple of things coming up. The Fall Festival this coming Saturday. Uh, we can't wait to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just uh, good time, good fellowship, uh, games, food, hayrides, bonfire, everything that, that, that you can imagine uh, will hopefully be there. And uh, hopefully you'll be there because we, we have a great time every single year when we do this. And so keep that in mind for this coming Saturday. And the ladies' conference, man, get registered for the ladies' conference it is going to be it's going to be a great 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 day and so uh, those are a couple of things that are coming up in the very near future and I'm going to jump right into the the message. Come on, anybody ready for the word today? That's good. The rest of you that didn't didn't participate, maybe you'll come along for the ride in just a minute. Um, I want to jump right in because we're in this in this series. We're in the middle of a series that we've called Simple Life. And you can see there, uh, it was never meant to be this complicated. And there are a lot of areas of our lives where I, be I believe we've complicated things. And it was never meant to be that complicated. And so what we're doing in this series is we're taking really, based on this survey of a little over 1,000 people, uh, there were four areas really in every comment that people made in this survey, there were four areas that it could, it could be summed up in to where people said, I need to simplify, I need simplicity. And those areas were with our time, relationships, money, and, and in our relationship with God specifically. And so that's what we're talking about in this series. And a couple of weeks ago, I want to catch us up to speed just in, uh, just try to do this in under a minute or two. Uh, in week one, the message was called Where Simple Starts. And if you haven't, if you haven't, if you weren't here for the last couple of weeks or you missed a week or something like that, go back on the podcast, check these out because we're really kind of building off of this idea and then breaking down uh, each one of these areas specifically which is what we're going to do today. But we, we realized on week one that we've got to remember who our example is. We can't compare to what everybody else is doing. How many of you know that when you start comparing, that's when things start getting complicated? You start looking at what everybody else is doing, things in your life start getting complicated. And some of us have found ourselves in that position because of that. And then we had to clarify where we need to simplify because if you don't know where you need to simplify, then you don't know, then you'll never simplify. And then number three was that you've got to embrace the solution. So once you know that Jesus is the example, I know where I need to simplify. If you don't do anything with it, then it doesn't do you any good. And so we kind of introduced this whole theme. And then last week we talked about killing time. Killing time. And we said three things, three questions really to ask ourselves uh, really every single day. And it was this right here, what matters to me? When you think about your time and what you're doing, and we had this exercise where we talked about, you know, we were, we were just thinking about how do we use our time? And if you take out the portion that you have to do, which is work, where is your time going? What are you spending all of your time on? Because what you spend all of your time on shows where your priorities are. It may not be where you want your priorities to be, but it shows what you value. It shows where your priorities are. And so we said we need to ask ourselves, what matters to me? What actually, what is actually in my heart? What is Not what I'm doing, but what do I want to be doing? Where do I want to be? What actually matters to me? What's really important? And then we ask this question, why do I do what I do? Some of us, we just need to look at our schedules and look at our time and, and look at the things that we're doing and ask ourselves the question, why do I do what I do? Is it because I'm trying to, to one-up somebody else? Is it because I've compared myself to somebody else and we need to, we need to you know, be doing everything that they're doing because they seem like they have a great life? Are we trying to keep up with the Joneses? Come on, somebody. And, and that's why we're doing what we're doing and it's complicated our lives. Why do we do what we do? And then the last question was, what should I eliminate? What should I eliminate? 
And, and we talked about, and I really encourage you, you need to go back and listen to the message if you haven't checked out, if you weren't here last week or you haven't listened to it on the podcast yet, because we really dove into there are things that Jesus tells us in our life that we need, and most of the time, whenever we, whenever we fill our lives with so much stuff, we start eliminating the things that Jesus said you actually need. And whenever we start eliminating the things that Jesus said you actually need, then you find yourself even more overwhelmed, and, and you thought, well, I got rid of some things, but I don't really feel any better, I don't feel any more peace. It's because you have eliminated the wrong things. And so we've got to take into account what does Jesus say that I need in my life and I'm going to make sure that I prioritize that and then all of the extra stuff that I've added to my life that has complicated it, what do we need to eliminate? What do we need to get rid of? And so that's what we talked about last week in a nutshell. And today we're going to be talking about this second area of our lives which uh, where we need to simplify and that is relationships. Somebody say Relationships. And the title of the message today, if you're taking notes, is Regaining Relationships. Regaining Relationships. Some of us need to to, to put some things into practice so that we can regain relationships. And I read this story this last week to kind of get us started, and I want to share it with you today. And there were there was this uh, this man and his, his son, and they went to this thing, and, and it was called the Dark Maze. And you crawl in, and as I was reading this, you crawl into it, and there's one way out, but there's a lot of different ways that you can go when you get in there. I don't know if you've ever been. Some of y'all are like, you know, you just love stuff like this. I don't know. And so he gets in, he thought, well, this is going to be a great opportunity. They've got the time, you know, posted that says, hey, this is the fastest that anybody has ever done this maze. And so the dad gets in, and he thinks, I'm going to do this faster than anybody has ever done it. I can pull this off. My son is going to be so proud of me. He's going to think I'm the most awesome dad. You know, he's going to sing my praises for the rest of his life because I pulled this off and did this in under the, 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 the record time. And he said, we got in there. And we started doing this, and we took a wrong turn, and then we backtracked, and then we took a wrong turn, and we backtracked, and then we ran into a dead end, and we had to turn around and go back. And he said the maximum amount of time expired. And they opened up the door so that we can see where we were going, and we had to walk out. And he, and he said it was one of the most humiliating things to him because he had, he had gone in thinking, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going into this, and I'm going to set the record. I'm going to do it in the fastest amount of time. This is going to be Awesome. And the maximum amount of time, I mean, you can imagine people are starting to get worried. Like, they've been in there for a long time. And if we leave them in there much longer, somebody's going to get claustrophobic. Somebody's going to start, you know, they're going to start hitting each other and kicking each other and biting each other. And just, you know, like, I'm a, <laughs> whatever I got to do to get out of here. And so the maximum amount of time that they know somebody can be in there, they open up the doors, they can see, and they find the way out. And I was thinking about this, and sometimes our relationships are like the dark maze, aren't they? It, it, we, we start with the best intentions. We start, we go into a relationship, we go into a situation, we go into this, this thing, and we have the best intentions. We're confident. We're going to make it through the challenges. We're going to be victorious. This is going to be, I'm going to have, we're going to be close friends. Our marriage is going to be awesome. Our kids are going to love us and be disciplined at the same time. Come on, somebody. They're just going to, when we say don't do that, they're going to be like, yes, ma'am, we love you. Thank you for guiding and leading me in the right direction. We have good intentions, right? You, you, before you have a kid, you're like, you know what? I've seen how other people parent their kids, and they just need to spank them more. Anybody ever said this? And then you have, and then you have a kid or two or four, <laughs> and you're like, you know, 
I don't think they're as crazy as I thought they were. And this thing is harder than I thought it was. You get married, and you think, oh, this is great. This is awesome. We just, we just got married. We went away for like seven days. We took a trip that we couldn't even afford. Come on, somebody. We're starting off... <laughs> We're starting off in debt because we had to have the honeymoon that cost $13,000. And then you, and you have a great time on the honeymoon and you come back and now you're fighting over the money that you just spent because now you can't afford to do things that you want to do because you've got all this stuff that now you've got to spend the next three years paying off. Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth. We go in with the best intentions and then what happens a lot of times is we meet one dead end after another dead end, and we take a wrong turn, and we have to backtrack, and we go here. And this is what we do, and this is what happens in relationships. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship, but um, it's, it's, all, it's usually always messy. You know why? Because you are people. And they're a people. And people are messy. Relationships are messy. And here are some of the things, I found this interesting, and I want to read these to you. Uh, some of the things that people said in this survey regarding, regarding relationships. And I wonder if you and I can, can relate to any of them today. I'm just going to go through here, and, and there might be about uh, 10 or 11 of them or so, and just see if you can find yourself somewhere in here similar to these. This is what one person said, I would love for our family to spend more time together instead of needing to work so much and sending our son to daycare. Another person said, I would just love for my kids to get along and quit fighting so we could have some peace in the house. I wish we could manage our time so we can spend more weekends together. I don't feel like I know my husband anymore with our schedules. We hardly even have time to talk. I wish I could have just one friend that I could talk to anytime. We are constantly on the go due to our children's sporting events and hardly have any quality time together, whether it's for practice, scrimmages, or games of multiple sports. We literally are gone from the house almost every night of the week. I need better relationships with my stepchildren. They really resent me. I work more than 60 hours a week, and I don't know where I will find the time to connect with my friends. I'm barely connected to my family. Sometimes I wish I were a football game so my husband would give me that kind of attention. <laughs> I try to stay in touch with her, but she doesn't reciprocate. I have lots of people and family around me, but I am so lonely. What happened to our relationship? Will someone please tell me what happened? I wonder if you can find yourself somewhere in this broad area of relationship. Relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with other people in your life, with friends with people that you go to church with, with people that you do life with. And my guess today would be that many, if not all of us in the room, can relate to some of these statements. And we would like to have better relationships. You know why you would like to have better relationships? Because God created you for relationship. You know why I want better relationships? Because God created me to have relationships. And I want to remind us, as we, as we jump into some points today of our theme verse for this series and kind of what is the backbone of all of this, it's John 10.10. 10. And it says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. And I said it last week, I'll say it again. If you want to know what the enemy is trying to do in your life, if there's some stealing going on, if there's some killing going on, if there's some destruction going on, if there's some confusion going on, all of these things, that is the enemy. That's what he wants to do. In the area of relationships, he wants to steal them. He wants to kill them. He wants to destroy them. Now, sometimes we just we give him one up, and he's doing his part, and then we're, we're, we're adding to it. 
by some of the decisions that we're making. But this is what Jesus says, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus wants you to have such a fulfilled life that it overflows. So let me ask you again that I probably have had the same thing I've asked you every single week. Do you feel like your life is so fulfilled that you are just overflowing? And if the answer is no, then there are some corrections that need to be made. Because Jesus said, here's what my desire is for you. For you to have such a fulfilled life that it overflows. If you don't feel like your life is overflowing, you need to look inward and say, why is my life not overflowing? Why is my life so complicated? What have I done? What have I allowed the enemy to do? That has kept me and stolen my joy and my overflowing and my fulfillment in life. What do I need to change? What do I need to change? And we talked about time last week. And today, uh, I, I think if we were all honest, we would all probably say we want better relationships. Our relationships are just not where my marriage isn't exactly where I want it to be. The, 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 my relationship with my kids is not exactly where I want it to be. My relationship with coworkers and people in my life, I just I want better relationships. And today I want to give you a few things that I believe can change your life in the area of relationships. And, and and these are some things that we need to do, some things that we need to understand. And and here's here's point number 1. I'm just going to jump right in. If you're taking notes, activity doesn't equal relationship. I want you to hear me. Activity I, oh, I'm trying to help us. Activity does not equal relationship just because you do a lot of things doesn't mean you have meaningful intimate great relationships it does not and some of us I, I think that I think that some of us have gotten skewed in this way that if we do more if we have more, if we go there, if we move, if we get over here, if we if we start doing more things that will feel more fulfilled, and it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. And many of us know that because we've tried to fill this void and this feeling that we don't feel fulfilled in life with stuff, and we still don't feel fulfilled. It's because activity does not equal relationship. Are all of the activities you're a part of causing congestion in your life? In week one, we talked about what congestion is, and congestion is very rarely. Nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, you know what I want today? I want some good congestion. I just want to be, I just want to be congested today. That would be great. I just hope on my way to work today that, that wherever I'm going, there's just a lot of congestion. I hope that when I get there, everybody's just, there's just a lot of congestion. We don't get anything done, and it's just real, it's real difficult. Nobody does that. But let me ask you this question again. Are all of the activities that you're a part of causing congestion in your life? And we're going to have to be honest. Because we can keep on just running and running and running and running and running and running and running. But I'm telling you, chances are it's not going to get you where you want to go. Is everything that you've got going on causing congestion in your life? Many of us are so busy doing activities that we are neglecting what really matters. And here's what I know about you and what I know about me. You don't need me to tell you that. Because you already know it. 
You already know it. When I start, when, when you knew that this series, which is awesome, you showed up anyway. You knew what we were talking about over the next four weeks, and you're here. And I think, I, I think, that, I think it's because God's trying to do something in us. I think God's trying to work some things out in us. You don't need me to tell you that when you get too much stuff going on, it takes away from what really matters. And if you go back to, okay, what really matters to me is what I'm doing keeping me from what actually really matters to me. Is all the stuff that I got going on, is it keeping me from actually doing what really matters? Activities often replace the important things that help relationships grow. You got so much going on, you can't have a conversation. You've got so much going on that you can't sit with somebody who's hurting. You've got so much going on that you don't even recognize that, that, that your spouse is not in a good place right now. It's, it's keeping you from seeing what's actually going on and, wh- and from doing the things that actually help relationships grow. Instead of playing a board game together, we put our kids in, in 17 activities. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, maybe. But instead of saying, you know what, we're going to take this evening and play cards, we, we, we put little Johnny in soccer and basketball and, and Susie's in dance and this and this and this, and we're running all the time. And one person even made the statement, I wish that, I wish that we would change some things because we're literally gone almost every night of the week. And it's keeping you, and I'm not, I'm not against all of these things. I want you to hear my heart today. None of these things are bad. None of them are bad. But sometimes we're not, let me say it this way. I, I think that, that sometimes we get caught up in letting life lead us, that we're not leading our life. And everything else and everybody else around us is dictating what we do. And we're not looking to God to say, what should I be doing? Do we need to have everybody in everything that's going on, or do we need to have three nights a week to where we can connect as a family? Do we need to have one night a week to where we can get together with friends so that we're doing life with people? And then one night a week to where we can just play some games together as a family and connect and talk and have... Do we need to take something out so that we can have a few nights a week to where we sit down as a family at dinner time and have conversation? Do we need to rearrange some things in our lives so that we can have a date night as a, as a married couple so that we can spend some time together? So that we can connect. What what needs to what? And it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that I'm a bad person. It's just that we've gotten caught up in the in this thing of letting life lead us. And because life is leading us, we're making this decision, this decision, this decision, this decision. Before we know it, we're in debt, and we, we don't have time for anybody, and we're having to do all this stuff. And we're it's because we're not leading our life. We're not we're not inviting we're not inviting God into the picture that and, and allowing him to say this is this is what I've called you to this is what you need to be doing this is where you need to invest your time let me speak into this area in your life and then you'll have meaningful relationship with your spouse and with your kids and with friends and you'll be doing life with people and you'll be more fulfilled in your life and you'll feel like you're overflowing because you're actually doing what matters Are you with me Instead of Having meaningful conversation with our spouse, we're both spending time on our own individual hobbies. And none of this stuff is bad. None of it is. Instead of investing in a friendship, we're running just trying to get to the next thing. And none of it's bad, but sometimes you've got to eliminate some good things so that you can do the things that actually mean something. So that you can have a simple life, so that you can have life the way that Jesus intended for you to have 
life. I was thinking this last week. I was reminded of a trip that we took with our kids. This has been a couple of years ago. And we went and we just stayed at this place in Arkansas. And all we did, we didn't have any technology, we didn't take any tablets. We, we got there and we, we basically just put our phones in the room and we were like, you know what, we are here to spend time together and to spend time with our kids. And that's what we're going to do. And it was about four days, I think it was. And we went, can I tell you that we talk more about that trip and our kids have talked more about that trip than anything that we have put them in, than any activity that we have done than any other thing that we have ran around doing. And, and here's another thing. More than anything else, you know what we talk about wanting to do again? That. You know why? Because that's what God designed us to do, is to be connected. And that's why whenever we leave, we're like, wow, we need to do that more often. I don't know if you've ever had that thought before, but you do something that's actually meaningful, and you connect with somebody, or you get away as a family or something like that, and you come back and you're like, wow, we should do that more often. I can't wait until we get to do that again. It's because it's it's what it's it's the life that God intended for you to have. I know even our favorite anniversary trips are the ones where we have just gone to a cabin <laughs> for a few days. And we just get out and we walk and we're in nature and we and we sit outside and we just we're just relaxed. We're just spending time together. And we talk more about that than any other trip we've taken. That's what we enjoy doing. Why? It's because that's what God in, that's what God designed us to do. We, we, we desire relationship. We want it. Relationship, the definition that, that I found for relationship is the way in which two or more people are connected. Or the state of being connected. Not two or more people that know each other's name. Not two or three people that just do a whole bunch of stuff. But two or three people or more people that are connected. And here we're going to throw this up. This is a profound, I mean, this is deep, y'all, what, what I'm about to show you on the screen. I mean, it's just deep. You can't have relationship without relationship. <laughs> you can't, maybe I'll just need to stop right there and we'll pray. You can't have relationship without relationship and I think that you and I need to be spending more time for things or on things that really matter and relationships are something that really matters here's one thing that I always find interesting that God created everything in the world the whole universe and said that it was all good but there was one thing that God said was not good for man to be alone one thing that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. That ain't good. It's not good for man to be alone. And I know we relate that to marriage, but I think it's relational. God said, hmm, he needs a relationship. He needs somebody to do life with. He needs somebody to be connected to. It's relationship. The simple life is really about simple things, and it's those simple things that we usually neglect the most. I love this, and we, we quote this a lot, and, and maybe you've read this in Romans 7.15. This is what Paul says. He says, I don't really understand myself. Anybody ever felt that way before? I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I think this is some of us today. 
I know what I need to be doing. But I don't do it. And I do the things that I know aren't getting me to where I want to go. And aren't getting me to where I actually want to be, where I'm going to want to be at the end of my life. And many of us probably feel this way in our relationships with our spouse and with our kids and with friends. We know what we ought to do, but we don't do it. Which leads me to this question, why do we do this? And I think this is, uh, I think that one big reason is our second point today. So if you're taking notes, here's point number two. You got to move away from selfishness. We got to move away from selfishness. Move away from selfishness. Selfishness is probably the most common type of congestion in your relationships. If we were to be honest today, we would all probably go around and say, you know what, if I break it down, really the biggest congestion in my relationships is I want what I want when I want it. And if you don't give me what I want, and we've got to move away from selfishness. Too often we look at relationship through the lens of what the other person can do for us. And too often we think that our relationship would be great. If the other person would just do what I want them to do. I mean our marriage would be great if she would just do what I want her to do. We'd be in an awesome place. I'm glad they're here today to hear this message. Some of y'all are like, you know, I'm glad that my spouse came today to hear this message. Because if they would just start doing this and doing what I want them to do, then we would be in a better place. (laughs) Selfishness. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, this is how it starts out. Paul says, don't be selfish. I'm going to read the rest of it, but we could stop right there and say, how are you doing with that? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Don't compare. Don't do things just because you think other people need, you know, well, they got that going on, so we need to have that going on. Don't do that. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Here's what Paul says. Quit focusing so much on what you want. And be interested and be concerned about what's going on in the people that, you, that, that are around you, their relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, the people that you're doing life with. Be more concerned about what's going on in other people than you are about what it is that you want from them. Don't be selfish. One of the greatest needs we have in all relationships is to focus on other people. One of the greatest needs that you have in relationship is to focus on other people. This is why serving is so vitally important, not only in the church and in the community, but in your relationships. And I'm going to ask you some questions. When was the last time you served your spouse? When was the last time that, that you served a friend? When was the last time that you cared more about what the other person was going through than you did about talking about yourself? When was the last time you served? You said, you know what? I'll serve you. I'm going to serve you today. I felt like that was one of the things that, one of the words, you know, we got a new year coming up, and maybe you do this, maybe you don't, but 
uh, we pray for like a word for the year for our family and individually and for the church and you know all these different things and one of mine this last year was to serve like in 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 our home serve more serve more when was the last time that you when was the last time that you served when you laid down what you wanted and you just served you just served in your home if you want great relationships they can't be all about you a great relationship is two people that care about each other more than they care about themselves and are focused more on each other than about themselves if you want great relationships they, they can't be all about you some of us we we keep fighting with our spouse and if we would stop making it all about us it would resolve a lot of issues some of us wonder why people don't spend time with us and if they were honest they would tell us it's because it's always about us I know I'm all up in your business y'all are awfully quiet at the 930 service today but I'm just telling you I'm just telling you God created you for relationship God created you to serve God created you to care about other people, to, 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 to help carry each other's burdens, to be there for somebody else. And one of the greatest needs that you have in relationships is this need to actually serve and care about other people, to put somebody else above you, to put somebody else above you. And here's number three. The third point is, we bring it to close today, is simply sacrifice for relationships. Sacrifice for relationships. Sacrifice requires that we abandon everything that interferes with our having the best possible relationships. That thing is not necessary in my life, and it's keeping me from having a, a, the, the best relationship I can have with my spouse. And so we don't need that. That is keeping me from being able to vet, invest time in other people and relationship with other people, and it's not a necessity. We don't need that. We don't need that. What in your life is interfering with you having a great relationship with your spouse? The hobby might be fun, but your marriage is more important. What in your life is interfering with you having a great relationship with your kids? The job might provide good money, but your kids would rather have time with you. What in your life is interfering with you having great friendships? You might think that you're right all the time, but it's running people off. What are the things, as you look inward today, what are the things that are keeping you from having great relationships in your life? Because God designed you for a relationship. He designed you to care about other people. And sacrifice is not easy or it wouldn't be called sacrifice. It's not an easy thing to do, but sometimes it's a necessary thing to do. And if it was easy, it wouldn't be called a sacrifice. What do you need to sacrifice for the sake of relationship? Just three things really quick. Sacrifice the material for the relational. Sacrifice self-focus for others' focus. 
and sacrifice busyness for relationships. Sometimes we get so caught up in, in chasing this and chasing that and chasing the American dream, as we like to call it. And a study shows that, that, I, that, I, that I saw that, that more money that someone makes, the more money that someone makes, the more likely they are to complain about being more busy. So we're chasing something that is going to cost us something in the long run that we actually need. And people that have been surveyed, the more money they made, the more often they were to complain about being too busy. So we're chasing something that leaves us empty. We're chasing after things that aren't really where we want to be. Right now in our mind, we think that's where we want to be. But it takes away the things that we actually desire. At the end of your life, you're not going to be so focused about how much money you made. And I'm not against you making money. Nobody's against you making money. God wants to bless you. God wants to take care of you. God's going to provide for you. You can trust him. He is faithful. I'm just saying, listen, sometimes we're too focused on the material and it leads us in a direction that really leaves us empty in the long run. And people are on their deathbed saying, you know, I'm just so glad I made a whole bunch of money. I'm so glad that I did all this stuff. No, people are saying, it's about relationship. Who do I want with me at the end? I want my wife. I want my kids. I want people that are close to me. I want people that know me. And sometimes I've sometimes I've got to make a correction in order to get that. If we want better relationships in our lives, we may have to sacrifice our way there. I want to bring the worship team back. I want to end by giving you five powerful questions, and these won't be in your notes or anything, but if you want to write them down, or I think they might be, I think we actually have them on the Bible app. If you want to get on there, you can see them. But five powerful questions that I think we need to ask ourselves uh, if we want better relationships in our life. And some of these are going to be, I mean, they're intended to be in your business. And here's the reason why. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. God loves you enough to send somebody to tell us this is what it's about. This is what I have created you for. This is where you're going to find some fulfillment in your life and you, and you experience life to the fullest. So here's, here are the, the five questions. It's if the other person in your relationship could change some things about your life, what would they be? If your spouse could change some things in your life, what would they want to change? If your kids could change some things, what would they want to change? If your parents could change some things, what would they want to change? If the people that you're really close to that are in your life could change some things about your life, what would they be? Number two, could I eliminate some material possessions that may be hindering a relationship? Just ask yourself, is there something material that I could eliminate that is actually hindering me being able to have meaningful relationship? Here's number three. 
Could I eliminate a job? Could I eliminate a job? I'm not telling you to quit your job. Let me just say that. (laughs) Nobody here is telling you to quit your job. What I'm asking you to do is look at what you are doing and ask the Holy Spirit, is this what I should be doing? Is this what I should be doing? Or do I need to trust you with this? Do I need to relinquish control and trust you in this area? Here's number four. Are casual activities interfering with my relationships? Are casual things that we're involved in, that we're doing, that we're going here and we're going there, just casual things, are they interfering with my relationships? And here's number five. Would my children like to eliminate some of their activities? See, sometimes, sometimes we're trying to live our dream through our kids. Sometimes we don't want our kids to miss out on things, and so we're trying to make sure that they have every opportunity possible to do everything that they could possibly do so that we figure out what they like and what they don't like and all of these different things. And maybe this is a question if your kids are old enough. <laughs> would my kids want to eliminate some things? Would they, would they rather be at home on a Thursday night eating dinner and playing cards as a family than they would running to the next thing is it possible will you stand to your feet today and here's what here's what Jesus said and we read this last week I want to read it again and then we're gonna we're gonna pray and sing a song Jesus said in Matthew 22 verse 37 says Jesus replied two things you must love the Lord your God what's important what how can you sum it all up you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. We talked about this last week. Here's what what God says. Sum it all up in this. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. So if we were going to prioritize in any way, how can we love God and how can we love people? How can we love God? Are Are we doing some things that are neglecting loving people well? having a relationship with people well, with loving our spouse well, with loving our kids well, with loving our friends well, with being there for people in the midst of things. And the reason it's called the simple life is because Jesus said it's really simple. The most important thing that matters is our relationship with God. And the second most important thing that matters is our relationship with others. So I'm asking you today, we're going to pray and we're going to sing and and you're going to be able to ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to do with this? I can't tell you what to do with this. I'm I'm not even supposed to tell you what to do with this. God's going to tell you what to do with this. And he can do a much better job at telling you what to do with this than what I could do. So I just want you to turn... Just just turn, not in a condemning way, not in a, in a guilt way, nothing like that. Just, just, I want you to just do this. Let's just close our eyes. And I love saying it this way. Just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? And here's what, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Whatever he tells you to do, just obey. And here's how I know you can do that. 
because he's never going to leave you. He's not going anywhere. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. He has a plan for your life. And when you, when you allow God to lead your life, you'll never go wrong. Never. You'll never go wrong. So Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? What do you want us to do? Speak to our hearts today. I want to bring the prayer team down. We're going to end by singing this song. And while we sing this song, if you need prayer for anything in your life, we invite you to come down for prayer. Don't allow pride to keep you from coming. We all need prayer from time to time in our life. We all have things that are going on and situations that we're dealing with and things we just need people to agree with us on and encourage us on and, and different things. So if you feel like, hey, I need some, I need, I need prayer. Maybe it's in this area of your life and relationships and, and, and you just want to pray for, you want somebody to pray for boldness and courage to actually step out and, and do something with this, whatever it is for you. And I encourage you, as we sing this last song and we worship and we declare that no matter what, we're going we're gonna to praise God, that his name is above every name, that he knows your situation, he knows what you're facing, he knows where you're at right now, he knows every decision you've made to get to this point right now, and I just want you to ask him, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? So God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, as we sing this last song, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would show us what to do, that we would obey. In Jesus' name, amen. I count on things, same God that never failed, would not fail me now. You won't fail me now, no way. Same God is never there, is working all things out, is working all